Welcome to the Improperly Forward production of the Everything's Not Fine podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Bednick. And I'm Nicole Gonzalez. We live in a world where our lives are on display all of the time. There's a lot of pressure to keep up appearances and sugarcoat the crap. We're putting our foot down and saying we don't have to do that anymore. Everything is not fine, and that's absolutely okay. Hey guys, it's Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Everything's Not Fine. I am grateful for you today. I'm grateful for this space, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share my life with you. And I just wanted to say thank you for being here and for giving me a reason to do this and talk about some of the hard things. Um, Today's episode is a very important one to me and one that I feel very um, fortunate to be able to share with you. Um, I do want to warn you that today's um, topic addresses depression, um, dark places of depression, suicide, and just some really tough topics. And so if that is something that is uh, if, if you're not in a place where it would be a healthy thing for you to listen to today, then I love you and I understand and my heart is with you. And if you need a friend, please reach out because um, I know that feeling well and I don't want you to be alone. And if you can listen, great. And if you can't, um, that's okay. And I hope you have someone close to you to love you and support you. And if you don't, seriously, please reach out um, because we're here. And if I'm not in a place that I can lend you strength, Nicole is the best. And between the two of us, we've got your back. So like I said, today is um, it's about me and depression and, and it's about, you know, a lot of us. And, um, but in that, I, I want to say that Nicole and I are still, our hearts are still very heavy and very, um, convicted and passionate about what we are doing in our families and in our homes, uh, in our, with our kids, in our communities as it relates to racism and, um, and we just, we, we want that to be stated. Like, even though it's a new week, it's a new episode, we're focusing today on ourselves or on me. Um, that doesn't mean that we've forgotten and we're just moving on. And, um, I just wanted to say that. So I hope you can find something that is useful in this episode. And again, I just, I'm very grateful to have you, um, just be here. So, um, I, I do have a couple of thoughts that I'm going to share at the end of the show. So please make sure, um, you stick around for those as well. And I love you. I made my family tuna fish sandwiches and (laughs) threw them, threw them on the counter and said, peace out folks. They're so funny. They're like, wait, 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 it's 12. You don't usually leave till one. I'm like, I know Aww, I need more time. See you later. Cute. They like know my schedule. 
I know. I was like shoving the kids through school this morning. And finally Jordan's like, wait, are you recording? Is that what's happening here? (laughs) He's like, this doesn't feel right. (laughs) Why are you being so mean about school? (laughs) How much longer do you guys have? Oh, they're officially done the 17th, but this is going to be our last week of school. They have. Yeah. Like as of now, Jordan has everything done and submitted that he needs to in order to make sure he has like his grades where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that he hasn't done is like some math stuff, but I'm not stressing over it because I'm just not. (laughs) Does it really matter? I know. I like. We, we, my kids are done. Supposed to be done oh, on Thursday. Oh, that's on Thursday. so nice. But like the teachers still gave work for <laughs> this week. I'm like, really? Because if we were at school in your classroom, you know, you'd be playing heads up, seven up, and coloring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's my kids know that. Like they totally went into today thinking, mom, they're not going to give us work. We never yeah. do work the last week of school. I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll play heads up seven up when that's, I get home. That's right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I told my kids though, I'm like, this is your chance like to have, to do what you need to do to, well, especially Ellie and like, Every little thing that you do raises your GPA. So you can either yeah. not do it or do it and raise your GPA. It's your choice. I'm not going to push you, but I think you know what the right thing to do is. So, What are her thoughts? Like, how does how does she approach it? Oh, with a horrific attitude and <laughs> yeah. tantrums. Our daughters are friends. <laughs> they are. I don't, she's just so ready to be done. Like she's just does not do well with life not being what she expects. And so it's all, yeah. I'm hoping that when school is done, like I'm hoping we can all just breathe and feel better about life. Like that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cause I'm so tired of fighting them. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. So we shall see. I have enough fights and battles with them. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I I have enough mom battles. I don't want any more school battles. Yeah. The idea that like school next year is going to look somewhat like this makes me like, you know what though? I'm I'm kind of like, at first I was like, no, but then I'm like, all right, well, I've done it. I can do it again. You know, like it won't shock us. Yeah. It's almost like we'll have three months to like mentally prepare. Yeah. I don't feel that way even in the least bit. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even know. Like I can't stress myself out because God only knows where we'll be. Yeah. You know? It's true. It's true. Oh, I'm just like, Yeah. I can't, I don't, I'm not equipped to teach Jordan. I don't, I'm not equipped. No, you're not. I don't know who is equipped to teach Jordan. Honestly, like, I'm like, is there a human that's capable of that? Yes, Kelly, because people go to school and get degrees on how to work. Yeah. I mean, you know. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, well, and I'm mom. That's the thing. I'm mom. And yes. so he knows like, he knows how to eventually just get me to the point where I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's one thing like to know that grades don't even mean anything. Like they can't go down. Their grades can't go down from where they were yeah. when they left school. So they're like, yeah, I had all B's at a minimum, you know, and so yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but that's not the point. Like your brain still needs to keep working. I see Jordan's reading levels already like falling and I'm like, ugh, sucks. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We will. And everybody else is, I feel like, okay, why should I stress? Because everybody else is in the same boat. Yeah. It's true. It's not like our kids are the only ones that are home and everyone else is at school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like our kids are going to be the only ones like behind. Nah. <laughs> nah. They'll all no. be behind. The or... whole world is going to be behind. <laughs> this we're is... all we're all raising dummies. It's good. <laughs> I know. This will be the ignorant generation. The dummy generation. Yeah. <laughs> but damn it, they are going to know how to self-entertain. <laughs> That's true. See, there's the positives. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> I have, but and they're going to they're have their meme game strong. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> they, will, they will be the dark humor generation for sure. <laughs> Lord. Oh. Even the cute little Wesleys. I think I really need to start posting some pictures of him on, um, you got this last oh week. He has been full of, um, characters every day. He's a different character with a different outfit and a different costume nice. and a different personality. I know I might have to just be, start posting. Yeah. Why do you not share this podcast. with the world? Please do. Well, because my, my older kids are mortified by it. Who cares? I know. I tell them all the time. I'm like, you were just like that when you were five. Oh no. They, they deny it. He is a special like, kind of entertainment though. Isn't he hilarious? Yeah. So we've been watching family matters. It's like their new favorite oh, show. Oh, that's good. Yeah. They used to love full house. They, I think they've seen every single episode like 50 times. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to introduce home improvement and family matters oh, because yeah. it's like good, wholesome, like funny, dumb humor. Yeah. He, Wesley loves Urkel. Oh my God. Loves him. Dresses like him every morning. No. Um, yes. I'm going to put it on If you don't share pictures of this, I'm going to be so mad at you. Okay. Yeah. He's good. He's, he's our entertainment. That's the light him. that we need in the world right now. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, he's the best. Um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, well. Um, I've also had some excitement this weekend. Yes. Share the excitement. Oh, I'm okay, not sure so if I don't it's know. excitement is the word that you should use. Um, adventure? Yes, better. Um, scare, a scare this weekend it was full of gratitude. I don't know. So I don't know if those of you who um, 
Was it during our live, our Instagram live, where I found out my yes. son's got a dirt bike? Yes. Okay. When I left town with Kelly, my husband thought it was awesome to take my boys to go buy a dirt bike. So, which they had been begging and begging and begging for, yeah. for, you know, months and months. Yeah. So they get this dirt bike and it's a cute little dirt bike. It's a, it's a real one. Um, I, I don't even know what yeah, it's, it's called. Yeah, it's not like the battery it's, powered It's, it's a it's kickstart. No, no, it's yeah. a kickstart real dirt, you know. And they were doing really well on it. Um, taking turns. They don't go too fast. You know, they can only be on it for so long and we keep an eye on them and everything was just great. And, um, they actually got in trouble one day on the dirt bike and on the, we also have a four, a four wheeler. So they were grounded from it for a good 10 days, maybe Ooh. Friday. I yeah, didn't realize it was, a, it good, was, so it was a good amount of time. Yeah. Friday, they got it back. So excited. They got their schoolwork done real quick. They got their workouts done in the batting cage. They, I, they even went and got haircuts. Like it was like a productive morning because they knew they got their dirt bike back. They went out on the dirt bike and, um, I'm in the house cleaning the kitchen. I don't even know what I was doing. Just, you know, stuff inside. Larry was kind of down the road and the boys were on the dirt bike and all of a sudden, probably 15 minutes. They were outside for 15 minutes. I get a phone call and it's Larry. And he says, Nicole, call the ambulance right now. Get it, get that call 911, get the ambulance down here right now. And all I can hear is screaming in the background. I don't even know which child it is. I didn't ask any questions. It was like, okay. Yeah. So I pick up our home phone, our landline, call 911. As I'm on the phone with 911, Larry calls me back. He says, forget it. You come down here. You can get him there faster. Yeah. Still not really telling me like, yeah, who, which child, what happened? Like, I'm just, you know, yeah. Uh, fourth of a mile down our dirt road. So I grab my keys and go. Like I, I hang up on nine one one first of all, which okay. I didn't even think about. Like I just hung up. Yeah. Little like, and then I find out later they sent a deputy out to our house and figured out what was going on. So I go down there and Eddie is laying on the ground screaming, and Quaid is running to me with this look of horror on his face, and he's saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't see him. I'm sorry." Aww. So grab Eddie, throw him in the car. We drive to the emergency room. Okay. Just long story short, um, they, they collided and total accident. They just weren't being very careful. Thank God. Eddie had a helmet on, um, severe concussion, but, and you know, we were dealing with some amnesia and memory loss, but no broken bones, no stitches. Like God is good. He kept his protection over my boys. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was eventful and it was, um, but it's, I mean, it's good. He's home and yeah, I, we did a checkup today, a little follow-up today. And the doctor says he's good. Everything looks good. Good. And that, that helmet, basically he said, if he wasn't wearing that helmet, we probably be, would be having this conversation in the ICU. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's just a big, yeah. for me, a big sigh of relief. Like, okay. Yes. You know, like my boys will learn their lesson and yeah. Well, it's so like, there's such a, there's such a temptation as moms to bubble wrap our kids, you know, and 
Oh my yeah. god, definitely not let them be on dirt bikes. Or if they are, like, stand and hover and be right there. And obviously, like Larry was yeah. out there on your land or close by. You know, yes. it's not yeah. like they were completely unsupervised. But even if they were, like, they're old enough to... I mean, I just always think about what kinds of shenanigans we were up to as kids at that age. I mean, yes. Jim always tells stories about how his mom would, like he would leave in the morning, first thing in the morning, he would have breakfast, do his chores, whatever, in the summertime, go outside, go into the woods, pack a lunch so he wouldn't have to come home. And really all he needed to do was be home by dinner or dark, you know, like get out of the wood yeah. by dark or whatever. Whatever happened in there during that time, nobody knew. No adults knew or cared. And and they didn't have cell phones. No! So, no. I mean, there's a, there's a valuable, like, and, and he will say like the things I learned during that time, well, he was just telling me after I was telling him the story about Eddie and he was telling me about how the neighbor kid had a quad or something. I can't remember. And he was not allowed to go on it. And one day, like he said, months and months and months went by and he was like, no, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't. And one day he finally <laughs> did it and something happened and he like ran up the wheel ran up the back of his leg and um, it didn't, it wasn't like an external thing, but it was an internal like muscle or ligament. He said his leg is still not right to this day because he never told anyone. He said he limped for six months and, but except for, yes, except for when he was at home, he like, it hurt him for six months, he said, because he didn't want his mom to know. He didn't want to get in trouble. And yeah. that I don't know. Like, that was just how life was. We were. Yeah. There's some. I miss a little bit of that. And I have let my kids have a little bit more of that when they were younger than most. And I, I just remember people being like, oh, my God, she lets her kids run wild. Jordan had Jordan and his little buddy had. um somebody's hunting camper that they parked on the <laughs> on the end of their property like it was the kind that you put what's it called the fifth wheel or something no it's the kind you put yeah, over yeah. the bed of a truck like it was really small oh okay yeah but so it was out on the edge of some property near our house in moses lake and, and jordan is like four five and it was right at the end of our Road. I could see where they were, but I could not see that yeah. they decided to make that little hunting camper their clubhouse. <laughs> of course. And they would crawl in that thing and have a good old oh time. For weeks this happened before we knew. I just thought they were down playing in the field. But mm. I, I anyway, not to, yeah. that, that's a total like tangent we're on here. But there's value in giving our kids an opportunity to learn lessons. And yeah. I mean, you ha- they had their helmet on. They thank yeah. God, but you, I know you I know took the precautions. And even when we found out that they got it in Spokane, I remember like just laughing, like who's going to be the first one to break an arm, or you know, <laughs> I know, just knowing. Well, these are the th- that was that the big can thing. Happen. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie said at the very at, so we're home. And it was really hard because he kept on repeating himself and asking yeah. because of the concussion and yeah. the memory loss. He was asking the same questions over and over. But then all of a sudden he kept on saying, 
oh, thank God I didn't break a bone. Then I wouldn't be able to swim. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, like, you're yeah. right. Like, thank God you didn't break any bones and I don't have to deal with a cast this summer. Yes. I mean, you know, like it's, you know, there is a silver lining and he yes. did say at one point he goes, I'm sure glad my brain isn't busted. <laughs> Like me too, Eddie. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so cute. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's... We got we got the green light today that he could start playing baseball oh, or good. you know go back to warm ups and workouts yeah. and yeah he was worried about that so yeah well it's good yeah. it's not a contact sport and all that, exactly so. the doctor said no football yeah for a while yeah so I'm like no it's good we don't play football in the summer yeah. Oh, man. So, I know. And they didn't the restrict stories. his screen time or anything like that? Did they talk about that No. No. They did tell me. They told me this weekend when we left the um, emergency room uh-huh. to give him, you need to, he said, basically give his brain two hours of rest to one hour of activity. Two hours of uh-huh. rest to one hour. So, yeah. basically, I would put on a movie just so that he wasn't stimulated. Yeah. And then for the hour, we would go outside and he'd yeah. sit and watch us do things. And then he'd come back in and he'd rest, but he was tired. Yeah. So like, well, that's he didn't what I was really going to say. He probably, yeah, you probably don't have to fight him for it. And even now he'll probably still need way more breaks and rest and naps. It was yeah. probably three months for Ellie. She got a concussion during volleyball season last uh-huh. year and I it was probably three months of just exhaustion all the time and but she couldn't be on screens for like over two weeks she couldn't look at any screens really? yeah so what, the doctor told her that or she just felt it on her yeah, own no the doctor it. said absolutely no screens and keeping that huh. girl off of her phone for two weeks dear god no I wasn't told that I wonder if I should call them and just clear it uh, I mean, and ask. Yeah, you could, but I, yeah, I don't know. I maybe it's a different. Hers was a frontal concussion. I don't know if it's different places. You know, we what don't I mean? even know where his was. Yeah, because it was. Huh. Anyway, it's but it's yeah, yeah it's but they it, it was it was a little scary. It that was it is scary. When you were yeah, telling me, it, I was it like, was hard... why were you so cold? Well, it was almost like I just had to be, Yeah, you know, like just, especially the first 24 hours I just was in like not so much survival mode, but like I just had, and it was hard because he, he, because of the memory loss, he kept on asking us what happened mom. Yeah. And then we'd have to say it again. And then what happened, mom? And then he'd want us to repeat, you know, and so it was kind of like, I had to just keep on taking these deep breaths. Like he doesn't know, he doesn't know that he just asked me that. My yeah. brother, my yeah. brother Riley goes, just tell him something different every time. <laughs> just start making up fun oh stories. <laughs> oh my God, only Riley. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <sighs> yeah. So it, it's okay. It's all yeah. good now. Yeah. Good. Deep breath. Deep yes. breath and we're done. We got through it. <laughs> So does he have to go back for any more follow-ups or they felt like it was? No, he said, he said, um, I know he said he did a whole test today to check everything. Um, all of his reflexes, all of his cognitive, his, you know, checked all of his, his body parts and 
He said no. He said he's he's good. God, he's, isn't you know. it? Youth is a beautiful thing. That was one of us. Yeah. It take a year. <laughs> yeah. I know. And we would have all these other issues down yes. the road. Yeah. No. He's strong. He's a strong boy. Yeah. I love that kids bounce back so quickly. And he's one that doesn't like to admit if he's sick or hurting. Yeah. Because that means slow down and downtime. And yes. Those two words are not in his vocabulary. No. So no. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Well, how was your week? Oh, it's been um, it's been up and down, but I mean, for the most part, good. We've had a lot of good um, family time. Like, well, so for kids for school, like the last week or so, we did a lot of, or we're in process of doing like a lot of um, like videos or different things that people shared on, you know, like during all the days of people sharing like for the black lives matter and resources and mm-hmm. things like that. So we have done some videos and movies together, which has been really nice and really good conversation with my kids. So mm-hmm. that's been really good for me um, to a point. And then I have to give myself a little mental break. So, um, but as a family, as a whole, it's been, a, it's been pretty good around here, but for me personally, and this is, what our episode is going to be about today. Um, it's been a few weeks, but especially this last week of really um, just a mental battle. Um, so, I, I mean, today's episode is about mental health for moms and specifically for moms. And so um, the reason... It, this well first of all we're gonna have to never again say what our next episode is gonna be about because every time we do that the world turns upside down and then we can't have yeah, that episode. and we have to change it so <laughs> it's gonna be a surprise for now <laughs> no um but i think that i mean we were our plan was that we really want to talk about women um, like body image and and physical health and things like that but i was thinking about as we, you and I have been talking the last couple of days of, you know, our, what do we want to talk about? Blah, blah, blah. I just couldn't get to a place of being okay with talking about that because I feel like for me, before I get to that place, I need to address mentally and emotionally what's going on with me. Uh And it felt forced to talk about, you know, physical things when so much is going on inside. So um, we thought it would just be a good conversation to have of um, the process of, real for me, realizing um, I'm at a place that is scaring me right now and um, that I need some help. And so I'm really going to try not to cry through this because I don't... <laughs> it's not a like emotional cry thing for me as much as it's a, I want to talk about this process because I feel like it's something as moms, a lot of us face and probably a lot of us are really facing right now or have in these last few months. And so 
I want to talk and about. I also, go ahead. Well, just really quickly, I think it's super um, important as well that if you, um, if you don't, if this isn't something that you see in yourself or that you're struggling with, you most likely have someone close to you in your life yeah. that is. Yeah. And to understand them. And I think a lot of times, you know, especially lately we're talking about understanding differences, understanding people yeah. and listening. And that doesn't just mean race. Yeah. That means that means your your family members and your friends and your sisters and your your yeah. your even your parents, people who are struggling with mental health to understand them yeah. and to support them and to listen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I agree. Thank you for saying that because I think that's exactly every time we have an episode that is of a serious nature, it's not always going to be um, that everybody can relate, but it, but it is, like you said, it's a matter of understanding one another so that if it's not something you relate to, you know how to be there for someone that you know that is going through that. And, and I, yeah. yeah. So, um, I was talking to Jim over the weekend. I was like, so I've been going through for the last few weeks, this process of really getting honest with myself about I'm not okay. Um, mentally I'm depressed, I'm anxious. And, and even, I think honestly, one of the things that has helped me see that is listening to the podcast back when I edit Mm -hmm. or when we talk about things that are completely unrelated, how many times I say I'm so exhausted and for me, that's not normal. I mean, yeah, I'm freaking exhausted as a mother all the time. Like that all mothers are always exhausted in some, in some capacity. I just think yeah. that, I, I mean, whether it's chasing babies or, you know, just being tired and needing a break every once in a while. But when I say that, I hear it in my voice when I listen back to the episodes of like a cry. Like I'm so exhausted. And it doesn't mean like I'm tired or I need a break. It means my soul, my brain, my um, just ability to care or carry any weight is maxed. And um, hearing myself say that over and over again, I finally got to the point where I was like, this is not me. Like I felt this before. I know this feeling and it's not me at my best. And of course it's easy to say like, well, our world is upside down right now, especially the last few months. Of course this is how I feel. Um, Mm -hmm. But just because it's okay, like just because there's a reason to feel that way doesn't mean that there isn't a need for help, I guess. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I can, I can know why, but that doesn't mean it, it helps or it changes the fact that that's how I'm feeling. And so anyway, I I'm going through this last couple of weeks. My sister-in-law is a doctor and I, she and I had talked about medication before, um, for like menopause even and talking, talking about how she so regularly prescribes 
antidepressants for women in, in the you know beginning of menopause or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I remembered her talking about that. And I think we've talked about on episodes how I've tried um, CBD oil because that's a natural way. And I've tried all these vitamins that are a natural way to like boost your mm-hmm. um your hormones and, you know, just try to alleviate some of that stress, that damn lavender oil that (laughs) made me a zombie for Mother's Day. Like all of those things. I've been trying things to try to like, just give myself a little boost. Um, Mm -hmm. But then finally, a couple of weeks ago, I was texting her and I was like, I got to do something. Like, I just don't feel like anything's helping I'm going to make an appointment. What should I ask for? And, you know, she just kind of talked me through it and talked about how she knows when she needs help. And I hope this is okay to say, because I did not run this past her. But anyway, um, like she can have a full night of sleep and then get up and still need to take two naps that day and feel exhausted that next day and then still get a full night of sleep and like never feel like she's gotten enough sleep or never, you know, like never have any energy or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so me right now. And that was kind of the final thing that pushed me over the edge of I'm not okay. Like this is not just tired. Mm-hmm. This is, this is me. something more. Yeah. And after I had babies, I had really bad postpartum depression with Ellie. I didn't realize that's what it was. Um, and it wasn't as bad, but after Jordan, um, it was so bad that, that my friend who had kind of been around, um, helping, I think Jim finally called her. I'm not sure what happened, but like, I was so bad after Jordan that I would sit in like a catatonic state and like not even be coherent. And so finally they, I went to the doctor and they put me on some antidepressants after him. Um, which I, I stayed on for a very short amount of time because, well, we didn't have insurance and it cost a freaking fortune for one thing. And and it, once I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can breathe, I can function, I went off of them because we couldn't afford it. And mm-hmm. which is a whole conversation that makes me so angry about mental health in our country. Yes. Um, but that was it. That's the only time I've ever been medicated for um, depression in my life, but I, and we've talked about it before. It's something that I really struggle with and I can usually stay pretty on top of it. And I can usually, you know, eat better or exercise better or take two days where I'm on the couch and I do nothing and I watch TV and I do nothing. And for some reason like that, I can, once that's over, I can get up and I can go about life. Like that's the downtime that I I always take. Go ahead. And I feel like you guys at your house, you have totally lifted the stigma of mental health. Like (laughs) it is an open, honest conversation in your home. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think that's a huge step because you can look at your husband and you can look at your kids and say, I need this because this is how I'm feeling and they respect that they get it where it's not it's not a it's not something in my house where I think 
my husband would understand. Yeah. I think I would, I could try and explain it to him and he would listen to me Yeah, and he would hear me, but it's not something that we've ever really dealt with. And so it would be like, what do you mean right. you need this for your mental health? Like, yeah. you know, so I, I think that's awesome that at least you have that footing underneath, you know, where yeah. you can say, you can look at Jim and say, this is what I need. And he, yeah, he gets it. And you guys have put yeah. in that work. Yeah, to an extent, I think. Um, so it's funny you say that because when I had the conversation with him this weekend, well, first of all, I I didn't realize how much I had talked about it with somebody else and not Jim. Like I talked to it to, with my sister-in-law. I talked to it with a friend of mine. I was like, hey, I made an appointment. Um, I think you and I may have talked about it briefly, but I hadn't, like I was already to the point where I was like to Jim, I'm like, hey, don't let me forget to call the doctor's office tomorrow about this. And he was like, mm-hmm. huh? And, um, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to see about either going on meds or what the next thing is I can do. And he's like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. And, um, so it kind of took him back and I, and I mean, we had talked, he was like, I know me and I know what you're talking about. I know we talked about this, but I didn't know you were already like doing this. And, and there were a few things that he said that were really hard for me. He, he's like, well, I mean, are you, are you exercising? Are you getting outside every day? Are you blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, mister, I don't need this from you. And there was an, yeah. a, a reaction from me of, and, and this is what I, my answer to him was, no, I'm not because I can't. I yeah. like, I'm to the point now where all of the things that I know would help, I physically can't make myself do. I, the fact that I get out of bed every morning is max for me. Because if these kids weren't home, if they were in school, right now would be one of those weeks where I don't get out of bed. Until it's time for everybody to be home. And then I really quick get up and take a shower and put on my happy mom face and make it look Mm -hmm. like everything's been okay all day Mm -hmm. until you go away tomorrow and I can do it all over again. Like that's my pattern when I have this, this feeling inside of me and I can't Mm -hmm. do that. I can't have a letdown time where I try to give my brain a chance to regroup. And so it's been weeks of needing that and not getting it. And so I'm at my breaking point. Like I literally said to him, if something doesn't change, you're going to have to put me in a hospital, which I don't really think, but that's my fear is if Mm -hmm. I don't do something, I'm not going to be okay in a way that I don't know how to deal with. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that I, I want to just say clearly right now that I'm not suicidal, but, and I don't see that happening, but there's definitely real thoughts of me of, I can't do this anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to go away. Like, I don't want to die. But if I could go to a cabin in the woods and nobody bothered me for a good long time, like, not as a vacation, yeah. but like, just check yeah. out, that would be my choice. And I think... If I can look back at some of my lowest points, the thought, the thought that was in my head was, I 
don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. And so it's almost like you don't have the thought of suicide, but the thought is, I will do anything to not feel like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after some good conversation with Jim of him asking some probing questions, because he, he's like, I want to understand. And yes, we have done a lot to take the stigma away from mental health in our house as it relates Mm -hmm. to our kids, but not Mm -hmm. as it relates to me or him Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, mom, (laughs) like there's. There's just a, I'm superwoman in my house. Yeah. Yeah. I take everything on my shoulders and I carry it and I make sure my kids don't feel any of it. And even though since Ellie, you know, was sick a few years ago, I, I, I explained to her, honey, I understand every little thing that you're feeling because I, I feel and have felt every little thing that you're feeling. I get it. And so she understands that part from me, but on a day-to-day basis, it's not even part of what goes through her mind. You know, I'm, I'm superwoman. I do it all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not that, that I'm not allowed to be weak or have downtimes. It's that Nobody would even know what to do with that. And so that is what we're trying to find. You know, like, what does that look like? Because I can't, I can't keep going like I'm going right now and them keep going like they're going because I feel like it's going to crush me and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to get better if we don't find a new way. And, th- and that was Jim's question was like, is this because I'm not doing enough? Like, is this, and it's, it's yes and no. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not because you're not doing enough. It's because my brain is, my chemistry is all jacked up right now. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, there's nothing that there's not an enough that anybody can do because it yeah. just needs to it's get It's not fixed. a fix it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so anyway. I have an appointment on Wednesday that with, with my primary care doc and to try to figure out if there's something that I can take, you know, if there's an antidepressant Mm -hmm. or something that I need to be on or um, Mm -hmm. what is the next, which I think is probably the case. I mean, which is, Mm -hmm. that's not, if I've learned anything with my children, that doesn't mean that Thursday morning I'm going to be back to normal. <laughs> like right, right. It's, this yeah. whole thing is a process and one that is kind of a pain in the ass, like finding the right med that works for you and finding the right dose once you find the right med and all mm-hmm. of that. Like it's just as much of a process as everything else, but I and which is why up until this point, I've been like, no. And even Jim was like, I'm so tired of this is his helpless feeling. This is how it comes out in him is I'm so tired of everybody being medicated. Like our kids are medicated. Now you're going to be medicated. None of us can just be strong or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's an okay. Fe- I, I understand that. That's, that's my husband feeling helpless and wishing that he could 
make us all okay. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not mad at him saying that, but like that doesn't help. And even in that moment, I was like, you're not helping me. I already feel like a disappointment. I already feel like I can't handle life. I don't need to hear it from you. Like you need to handle that by yourself yeah. in your own space. Yeah. Like you need to have that conversation without me because I, I can't take that on right now. Yeah. He can't put that back on you. Yeah. And not that he wants to, but it's just, we all naturally have our reactions and, and that's yeah. okay. Um, but, but if you, if you were to go to him and say, look, I have kidney failure. Yeah. And I am going to be, I mean, is for kidney failure, is that when you do dialysis, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. You have kidney failure and you're going to need this medication. They're going to figure it out and you're going to have to do dialysis and it's going to be a long process, but I don't, I don't feel like the reaction would be the same. Yeah. He would be like, okay, let's do this. Right. You know? Right. And that's, that's the stigma of mental health is you know, when it comes to your body and physical health, people are always super supportive and, you know, I, I feel like they're more willing to talk about it and it's more accepted, but yeah. mental health is a scary thing and yeah. it's hard for people, especially your support group people, Yes, you know, to get on board and to be like, yeah, you know, even though I don't get it and even though yeah. I don't, you yeah. know, I, I'm going to support you and I'm in it with you. And yeah. Cause it's yeah. not your fault. I mean, just like you wouldn't blame somebody who had kidney failure. <laughs> yeah. Well, damn it. Why didn't you fix that? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, and so, yeah. it's, you know, depression is not your fault. Yeah. You didn't take that stuff on. You didn't, you know, it's a chemical imbalance. Yeah. And well, in in the best of circumstances, people who don't have, any predisposition for anxiety or depression right now. I mean, the, what we have endured as a society the last three months has even mm -hmm. the most strong, healthy minded people like, Oh God, you know? And so if, if you're carrying any extra weight besides <laughs> which we all are, but you know, if you're predisposed even a little bit for having anxiety or depression or whatever this, I mean, they're talking all the time about how people are, it's, it's so much worse right now. And so, yeah, I, I mean, and I don't, yes, I feel, I don't feel like a failure for being depressed or having anxiety. No. I feel like a failure for how it affects my family. I feel like, I mean, even talking about the kids and the schoolwork and, I can't, I cannot, I can't like, and I just keep thinking, hopefully right before it's time for school to start in September, I will be feeling better by then. And Jordan and I can start school a little early and I can catch him up on some reading and some math, but I cannot right now. And I feel so shitty that my poor kid is, is not getting any kind of an education right now because he can't by himself. And I cannot, and, and I even emailed one of his teachers today who checked in last week and was like, Hey, I haven't heard from you. And I just replied to her and I said, listen, thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. Jordan is fine. 
Um, I am not. And because of that, we've had to take a little break. And, um, you know, everything's fine around here, but just mentally, I cannot. And yeah, that's just where we're at. And I can't even apologize for that or care because I... You shouldn't have to. <laughs> yeah, that's just where we're at. And... Um, and, and Jim has to go to work. He has to make a living for our family. He's, you know, yes. he, he can't be the guy to, that, that does that and goes to work and does everything. So that's just, it is what it is. But the guilt in me of, you know, and then there's the guilt of I'm the one that keeps everybody on a schedule. I'm the one that makes sure that everything happens so that my kids are healthy and that's mm-hmm. not happening either. Um, that's where my guilt comes from. And so, um, and that weighs me down. Like that just adds bricks to the cart, you know? And, and that's how I was explaining it to Jim. Like, I feel like I've, I'm this cart and every day more bricks are heaved on top of the cart and, and those bricks being there make more bricks come. And because of that, I, the wheels are falling off of this cart, man. And we got to fix it because, (laughs) Everybody yeah. in this house knows that when mama's wheels fall off, shit is not going to be okay. And so that's, and, and he's very, and like, after we talk through everything, he's very supportive. Like we had that conversation on Saturday and then again, Sunday morning. And then mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, I was like, maybe, maybe I just need to cancel this appointment. I'm going to be fine. Like, and he goes, no, you're not going to do that. You need to do this. I, you know, because I was doubting, like, do I want to go through this process? Do I want to deal with finding the right medication or whatever? And I can handle it. I just needed it a couple of days to break down or, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, that's, I've, he goes, that is why I asked you all the questions I asked you because I needed to know where you were coming from. And I can say confidently, you need to have this appointment. And so, yeah. And maybe, I mean, you've had time to really process and think it through. And maybe I think as wives, sometimes we don't give our husbands credit. Yeah. Or even like they need the time too. Yes. You know, we can't just drop a bomb on them and expect them to like jump on board. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I had the time because I do that all the time to Larry and I, I process things and I think it through and I lay in bed and think about it and I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about yeah. it. And then it's like, I drop it in his lap and he's like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. you expect me to be on board and you've had all this time to process it. Yes. And he's a processor. And so yeah. it's like, maybe Jim's needed that time. He to did. Yeah. Think and. And he needed the conversation. Like I come into mm-hmm. it you know, halfway through the conversation that I've been having in my head for weeks. And he's like, Whoa, I just need to catch up here. And I couldn't be like, aside from that first, like five minutes of him, like what the fuck is going on? Aside from that, like every other response that he had has been so helpful and so on board. I mean, I don't at all feel like you know, he's, he's not helping the situation or isn't exactly what I would expect him to be in this situation because he is, Mm -hmm. but it's just a matter of, I mean, he, like you said, he had to be like, Oh, he had to process it. And he had to understand where I was coming from. And, um, you know, 
he's the person that has to see every angle of the picture before he is completely on board. And so, Uh um, but yeah, so I wanted to, um, well, Well, I have a quick question. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like being put in quarantine is what initiated this in you brought it up caused it to be worse um yeah so I that was what Jim was asking me he's like how long has this been going on really like yeah so for I mean even as a teenager was the first time I can look back on my life and know that I really dealt with or struggled with feelings of depression, like more than just the average teenager, you know? Mm -hmm. And then as time has gone on, there's been ups and downs all throughout my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that the time that it is looking back, the time aside from after having kids, that it got to be on a more serious level for me of more downs than ups was probably um, when Ellie started struggling her freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, because all of a sudden, like if in that cart of bricks analogy, I went from having like your standard number of bricks on my plate <laughs> or on my cart to 10 times that overnight, like Mm -hmm. realizing my daughter is, was suicidal. Um, She, we have to now watch her every move. She has a drug problem. She has um, an impulse problem. You know, she's Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. through PTSD. We're having to manage (laughs) all of these things overnight this Mm -hmm. this became part of my life and now that's not to say I've struggled with depression that whole time that's when the pile of bricks got put on my cart now she's going to listen to this and I'm saying for her and you can hear this that is not her fault like Mm -hmm. my feelings or my ability to carry the weight has nothing to do with her struggle. Any any parent whose child goes through trauma, most parents they tell you to go to therapy when you're, you know, yeah. because it's it's not fair that they're carrying that, but you are now carrying it for two people because you're carrying your mm-hmm. side of it and then you're carrying it for them because as moms that's what we do. Um and you wouldn't have it any other way. No. And I wouldn't you want to carry it for her. Yes. It's, but it doesn't take away the weight of it. Yes, exactly. So I would, I would say that's when the struggle for me became more intense. Um, but along the lines of anxiety, not so much depression because hypervigilance as a mom (laughs) is just, I mean, in that situation, you're going to be hypervigilant about everything. Well, Uh since, probably her junior year started, but especially since quarantine started, she's in a great place. 
she's in this safe cocoon and that's given her time to like really cement a lot of the things that her therapy and the things that she's been working on these last few years, like she's in such a good place and I don't have to be hyper vigilant anymore. And my body almost feels like it's stuck in that fight or flight. And like, I have nothing to obsess over. And um, so that on top of all of the things that quarantine means and all of the responsibility and the like, the schooling, the everything, like it's all more bricks. Plus, I feel like I'm just stuck in that fight or flight place, which is for me, I'm a fighter. So I'm, mm-hmm. it's just all these things. So um, yeah, I would say quarantine has definitely been a tipping point um, to another level where it went, I think maybe from anxiety to just depression. Um mm-hmm. And for whatever reasons, you know, whether it has to do with the mom stuff or, you know, just the quarantine stuff. And then um, last week when we started prepping, when things started happening, happening on TV with the videos and the, the racial stuff, um, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to talk about that broadly because I don't want to get yeah. into it again. Um, so I don't want to seem insensitive the way that I'm describing it, but that, you know, just all of that. When we started preparing for that episode, um, something just happened to me. Like it was probably my breaking point. And we talked about it, like, you know, even the editing and I'm stressing over it so much. And one day just waking up and being like, oh my God, this episode, like the end of racial, uh, the end of racism in our country does not hinge on this episode. What the hell is wrong with me? Why am I like this? And I, the only thing I can describe it as is that it was just my breaking point. Like it was the last brick on the cart of watching all of that and feeling this responsibility of, I got to make sure my kids aren't you know, are part of the solution to this. And I've got to, like, Mm -hmm. my voice has to be perfect in this and like all of it. And I'm not like trying to be a whiny white woman through all of this. I'm, what I'm saying is like my brain took all of that and magnified it to a place that is just not healthy for anyone. And um, that was the last brick that my cart could hold. And, um, it's been, I mean, a week of me, my poor kids are now granted. I really firmly believe that my kids needed a smack in the face of reality of I'm done catering to your every damn thing. You're going Mm -hmm. to pull your weight around here, but it's been a couple, you know, like a week or 10 days of me just having no patience for them, no Mm -hmm. kindness towards them, like no, no room for like, nobody argue with mom because she, something is wrong with her. Yeah. And, um, and that's just not me, you know, but I could stand to be a little bit more that way, but not because of this, you know, not because I've, Yeah. Have you had the conversation with them? Like, look, guys, this is what's going on um, so that they understand. I think yeah. as moms, we 
we try to hide it. Like, yeah, we don't want our kids to see us as weak or to, you know, or we just, I don't know. I don't know why we aren't more honest with our kids about right. what we're dealing with and what we're feeling and, yeah. and what we're going through. Cause they need to see us as human. Like we're yeah. not invincible. Right. And they, you know, I feel like they would, they would benefit from knowing that yeah. you're going to look into medication and yeah. that you might need some help and that, you know, they could have more patience with you and yeah. understanding. Yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of a conversation. Jim was like, mom's going through some things guys and she's not in a good place. And that's, we're just going to be honest about it. And, mm-hmm. um, I need you to pull your weight. I need you to be there. She's got a doctor's appointment this week. We'll talk more about mm-hmm. it when we know more, um, you know, pretty general, but I think, it's a conversation that we've had in some regard a few times during quarantine of me saying, guys, I can't carry everything. I can't, I need you to carry Mm -hmm. your weight. And so that is not anything new. Um, And I think we could probably be more honest about like, this is what I'm struggling with or whatever. But I, at the same time, I don't want them to think like, Oh, well, that's why she's been so um, hard on us the last few weeks. It's just because she's depressed or whatever. Like, I want Mm -hmm. them to understand, like, no, I'm just to the point where I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore. You need to grow up. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not because I'm depressed. It's just being depressed has gotten me to the point where I'm not going to stand for it anymore, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So, yeah. But I do think that the part of the conversation is I might not be communicating with you the way that I normally would because I don't have it in me to just baby you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason that when, you know, they suggest that people who have kids with special needs or people who have kids who, um, have mental struggles or whatever is have therapy for themselves is because there's no way that it doesn't take a toll on parents. You know, like I'm looking at all of the things and we talked about this a little bit during our autism show, but like self-care and having time for self-care or having prioritizing myself for self-care is a joke in my house, you know, or has been up mm-hmm. until this point. It's, um, and part of that is me. Part of that is when I do have the time instead of, you know, doing something productive towards self-care, like doing something that is actually feeds me so that I do have the strength, whether that be exercise or meditate or whatever. When I Mm -hmm. do have the time, I just collapse and numb myself rather than doing those constructive things because Mm -hmm. I can't inside of me. I feel like I can't, I, I don't exercise the discipline. I don't know what it is. Like I can't, I can't tell you. But oh, I'm like, no, exercise? I, I, are you I kidding? see what you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have, I don't, I don't even think it's a desire thing. No. You literally, like no. you said, you don't have the energy, the, it's more than just energy. You you yeah. can't, like you yeah. physically can't. Yeah. No, I, there's people that I know of, um, that have struggled with depression and I see that. Yeah. That I know in their mind, they want to do those things. They yes. see that there would be benefits, but they just can't. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really hard for me. Like, because I, I think of myself and, and this is something I told Jim the other day. I wish that I was as strong as people think I am. Like, I just, I, I wish that I truly was the person that people think, but it takes so much effort for me to even put on that facade of being that strong person. And then as soon as I get to the safety of home or being alone, I get to let down and it's like, oh, and I, I say that, but at the same time, I know I'm strong. But the energy and the fight within me to have that strength is so exhausting that it doesn't feel real. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you put that into words perfectly. And I have no idea (laughs) if going on meds or having therapy or whatever is going to help that. Like that's, I think that's what makes me feel really scared. Mm -hmm. And I've probably almost made this appointment or made this appointment so many times in the last 15 years, but I'm scared that it won't work. And then I'm just going to be stuck like this. I don't, I don't believe you will, Kel. And I know that you, um, you know, that you say that you wish people, you wish you were as strong as people think you are. And maybe I'm totally contradicting you, but you're one of the strongest women I know because of everything, not just because of who you are, but because of everything you have been through Yeah. as yeah. a mom, as a mom and as a wife and as a woman. I mean, and I don't even know your whole, I don't even know everything. Yeah. I know a lot of what you've told me, but I don't know everything. Yeah. And if I, if I had gone through not even half of what you've gone through as a mom, I I wouldn't be standing right now and, and you've gone through it and you've made through, you've made it through Yeah. and you are strong. Just the fact that you can acknowledge where you are, just the fact that you can see 
where yeah. you are mentally and acknowledge that and define it and realize it and realize that you need help and that you want help. Yeah. That's strength. That is strength right there. I think our definition of strength might be a little bit skewed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is strength. That is strength. And you are strong. Yeah. Thank you. And if strength means asking for help, so be it. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. And I fully believe that. Like, I wouldn't, we wouldn't even be having this episode if I didn't believe all of those things because our whole point in having this episode is because I know I'm not the only one feeling this, you know what I yeah. mean? And I yeah. don't, I mean, I, I didn't, we didn't sit down to record this so I could sit and cry into the microphone for pity. Like, yeah, that's gross. I don't, that's not who I am. I don't. I don't even begin to want that. Like this is excruciating for me <laughs> to do this and to think that there are people that are going to be listening to it. But the reason mm-hmm. is because I know I'm not the only one. And I know yeah. that that as as moms who are in this struggle, we need help. Like we can we can be super mom. We can be a superhero in our homes and still need to reach out for help. And, and I want to show what that process looks like. And this is the down ugly to me, like the down ugly part of it that I don't want anybody to see, but I want this to be something that we share because I also want to see, I, I want to show what the process looks like. And I don't think yeah. it would be, fair to show what the process looks like in two months when I do feel more stable or whatever I want to show all of it and yeah because if it were you going through this I know what I would be saying to you I would be saying the exact same things you're saying to me you know yeah and so I don't know if you If you had a friend that was going through this, what would you say? What would you want someone, if someone's listening to our episode right now and in the back of their mind, they're thinking, oh yes, I have a friend and I feel like she's going through this. What do I say to her? Um, What do we say, Kelly? What do we say to our friends that we feel like are struggling and need us? So it's funny because I have a friend who (laughs) she, who I was talking about this the other day with her about how I'm making an appointment and all of this stuff. And I know that she's been struggling similarly, not for the same reasons, like completely different reasons, but like every winter when it's seasonal depression time in Seattle, because it's dark and gloomy, the whole, you know, for four months, she and I always mm-hmm. check in on each other and are like, how are you doing? Cause we both know that we both get the blues real bad and you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, 
halfway through quarantine, I hadn't heard from her and I was reaching out and she wasn't getting back to me. And I finally texted her and said, if you don't get back to me, I'm coming to your house. Like, I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I would say be that person. Like if you have a friend that you know is struggling, my, I would say it's okay to be that person who says, Hey, I know you're struggling. I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. If you don't check in with me, I'm coming over to check in with you. Like, not like, I think you're dead on your floor. Like I know, I know saying words right now is really hard. I know putting a voice to the pain that you're feeling right now is really hard. And so I'm going to come sit with you or I'm going to come show you my face and say, you're not alone. Like, There's something inside of us that doesn't want to make people uncomfortable by saying, I know you're depressed or whatever, but that's the, that's Mm -hmm. what makes the stigma. Like, it's not bad to be depressed. It's not. Yeah. That's, that's what I would, you know, that's what I would say to a friend is it's okay to tell your friend it's not bad to be depressed. And like, as the person, as the depressed person, someone coming to me and being like, Hey, I recognize the signs that you're not okay right now would be for a second. So embarrassing, maybe depending, you know, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. after that would be life. Like it would be catching my breath. Even if, if it's just for five minutes, like to have somebody say, I see you. I recognize what's going on with you. And I love you and it's okay. I'm here for you. Like that literally is all. It wouldn't be like, can I come clean your house? Can I come bring your family Mm -hmm. dinner? Like, no, because I don't need the shame of you coming in my house and seeing what it looks like Mm -hmm. right now or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. what, you know, that's just an example, but I just need to hear. No, I think it's a good example because for those of us like me that are doers, <laughs> yeah, that's what we automatically go to. What can I do? Right. What can I do for them? And sometimes all they need is you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when, when somebody loses a loved one or something and, and sometimes it's just a matter of sitting and, and just lending your strength to that, to that person in that time. Like it's the same. Yeah. It's the same need of just having somebody just say, I know, I know it's hard right now and I'm sorry. And I love you period. Mm -hmm. Not even like everything's going to be okay. Or I know you're going to be okay. Or you've got this, like that almost feels like pressure when you're in the hard Mm -hmm. time of like, Oh, okay. So I need to start being okay now. Like, that doesn't really help me. So I other people may feel completely different. I have no idea. But that's just that's just where I'm at. Like I just need somebody to yeah. say, I see you. I I understand you're struggling and it's hard and I love you. So yeah. I don't know. But then the other thing is like um it's really hard to make the phone call for help. Like 
I don't remember if we talked about this on a show, but recently, like, um, somebody in our, somebody that we know was really struggling like this. And which was the other thing that like kicked me in my ass and like, I need to take care of myself. She is a, a relatively new mom and has been struggling, um, since the baby and just anxiety and depression and has talked a couple of times about how she just can't, she couldn't get on top of it or she was just feeling so helpless and hopeless. And I was like, she was over for a visit with the baby and I was like, okay, well let's just call the doctor right now. Like, do you have your insurance card? I just picked up the phone. Mm-hmm. I called the doctor. I made an appointment, mm-hmm. pretended to be her <laughs> and made the appointment. Like, and yeah. because we were close enough in relationship that I could do that. And I'm, I'm not saying you should do that for your neighbor yeah. that you barely know, but like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I was like, let's just do this. And because it's yeah. so overwhelming. And this is what I will say about depression is, and this is the thing that I've been struggling with a lot the last couple of weeks is um, just doing the normal everyday things, washing the dishes, sweeping the floor, cooking the meals takes 100%. And so if you were to, or if somebody were to call and be like, Hey, we need you to stop by this afternoon. And, um, or, or like, I need to take my car into the shop. And it's, it's like, Hey, if Jim were to be like, Hey, don't forget to take the car into the shop today. Um, or don't forget to call that place and have that conversation or whatever. No, and, and it's not that I would say no to him. I'd be like, oh, okay. And I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do it. And it's not like, oh, I forgot. Oh, whatever. It's I want to do it. I know I need to do it. But the act of picking up that phone and taking on one more thing, I cannot do. Yeah. And it seems so silly even to say that out loud. But... Like I have to take to the dog to the vet this afternoon for her shots. And I'm just like, I feel tired just thinking about it. Like the act of yeah. putting the kennel in the car, putting the dog in the kennel, listening to her whine on the way there, having to take her out. So like the tiny little steps to get the task done feel huge. Yeah. Daunting. And that's why like even the call to the doctor, like, I don't have a primary care physician. Who do I call? Like, this was the deal when I was helping a friend. Like, I don't even, well, that's fine. We'll just call this place up the street and ask, you know, say you need to establish care. Like, I could do that for her because it wasn't me, you know, and it, yeah, but it was like, it's okay. I got this. And I knew what to do because I've done it a million times for the kids. And within 15 minutes, she had an appointment for the next day. And by, 24 hours after that, she was on medication, like no big deal. But when it's you and when you're like the act of getting out of bed is literally putting you at a hundred percent capacity for the day. mm, That seems like an insurmountable task. The very thing that could save your life. And so as friends, I think we have to know Sometimes we have to overstep boundaries and get pushy and be in somebody's business to save their life. Like, that's what we got to do. Yep. That's good. 
and then I have, I also have one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> one more question. <laughs> um, so for that, for that mom that is listening and is thinking, do, do I have depression? Like, is this me? Yeah. Like what are some triggers or some things? Yeah. So I look this up. Um, I look this up because I, you know, when I knew we were going to be talking about this, this is so like, this is the most basic Google search. I, I don't, I can't say the validity of like, this is the most exhaustive <laughs> list of symptoms. But as I was reading it, I was like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so I would mm-hmm. say it's probably pretty accurate, but it's, so this is from healthcentral.com. It's 10 signs. It's time to get help for depression. Um, which they say 7% of adults in the U S experience major depressive disorder a year, which I thought was interesting. Um, and that's on a good year. Imagine how many people right now. <laughs> right yeah, this now. Year. <laughs> so the first one is hopelessness, feelings of frustration, sadness, regret. Um, I mean, I, I think even just as we're talking today, it's obvious that that's definitely a big one. Um, an inability to concentrate so huge for me um like um this this is a good paragraph i'm just going to read this it says we all have moments where we forget our best friend's name or put our car keys in the fridge we may have days where we experience brain fog or brain fog or scatterbrained um, but depression involves a lack of concentration and difficulty making decisions that affect work performance or other responsibilities makes people more uh, likely to call in sick to work or make more mistakes at work. I was reading that and I was thinking about us and our conversations just this last week. Like how many times could I not even decide if we were even going to do a podcast? Like if we were even going to yeah. record. And yeah. that's I, so not like me. I knew something was up with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, for me, that's a big one. And like I was talking about before, like when stepping foot onto the floor out of your bed is putting you at capacity, making the smallest decision or, you know, doing the next smallest thing. It just sends our brains into a tizzy. Like there's no Mm -hmm. concentrating or decision-making. It's just trying to Mm -hmm. get through the day. Um, Another big one is unexplained aches and pains. I don't really have a lot of that. I, except for I carry a lot of tension in my back. And so I have a lot of like, Uh strain pains, but I'm not a big physical one. Um, Apathy concerning the things that you like to do. Like for me, even lately, I love like sitting down and watching a movie with my kids or, you know, whatever. And I'm finding myself like sitting and watching a show and not even knowing what the show is saying, like just being off Mm -hmm. in space. Like, or like if your girlfriends want to go out and you'd be all right. And you're like, no, no, no interest in that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a huge, 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 huge. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, Alcohol or drug abuse. Um, 20% of people that struggle with substance abuse problems have uh, high anxiety or mood disorder. Um, Changes in sleep habits. A big one for me, either I want to sleep all the time or I can't sleep at all. Um, And it fluctuates like day to day you know, for, I can go three mm-hmm. days of like sleeping 12 hours a night and taking a nap in the afternoon. And then after that, I'm like, 
five days of can't fall asleep before two o'clock in the morning, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of death, suicide, or self-harm. So um, suicide and self-harm, I think, are obvious. But thoughts of death for me, like, and, and I said I'm not suicidal, and I, and I truly mean this, that I'm, I'm not, nor could I at this point even consider it. But for me, it's driving down the road and thinking, if I just drove into that concrete wall right now, I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. Or if yeah. I just swerved the car off the bridge right now, I could be done with all of this. I have no intention of doing that. But yeah. knowing that I even feel like I want a way out, I think is mine. And I, and I, so that's a big one on this list as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was, did I talk about feeling of worthless? No, feelings of worthlessness and guilt. So um, inappropriate guilt or self-reproach is a big part of depression. I'm not good enough. Um, So for me, like the thing about talking about being, you know, how I'm performing as a mom right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is, is how it's, I see it in me. So Um, and irritability, agitation, moodiness, just talking about how I've been approaching my kids. Like Mm -hmm. it's even you, we might have a legitimate reason to feel irritated, but just how much the smallest thing affects me. Like I've asked you to do the dishes and the fact that you haven't done the dishes feels like such a huge problem rather than the fact that you're 16 years old or 17 years old and you've, you know, forgot to do the dishes for the third time this week. Yes. I want to smack you, but it's not, Oh my gosh, this like thing where I'm like, what kind of a human being are you? You know, like literally not that I'm saying those words, but in my brain, I'm, I'm that irritated. Yeah. 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 Changes in appetite and eating are big. So either eating all the time or not eating at all. For me, I will go all day without eating. We've talked about this. Um, Sometimes because I'm busy, but sometimes like if I'm depressed, like I have no appetite, but then nighttime comes around and I'm like shoving my face full of carbs and putting myself Mm -hmm. in a coma to go, (laughs) to go to sleep. Um, Yeah. So those are list. Those are what's listed on this article, which I thought were pretty accurate um, things. I mean, like we've talked about other things before, having a couple like it's natural for people to have a few of those things, or to have a level mm-hmm. like a surfacey level of most of those things, even. Mm-hmm. But it's when it stacks up and you can see like. Not only do I have most of these things, but I have them yeah. on a level that's pretty intense. Yeah. And I think a lot of those things probably um, go hand in hand with PMS. Yeah. So like <laughs> you, you could have a couple, you could have a couple bad days, but when you see that this is a yes. continual um, yes. for a while, you have felt these and even you can ask the people closest to you, you know? Do I have these? Do you see these things in me? Yeah. Because a lot of times we're in denial. Yes. And the people close to closest to us see us right. and see, um, yes, yes, honey, you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and, and people, I don't know, like people who are like me, who are a type A 
if life was normal right now, if if we were if kids were going to school, if we were running around, if da 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 da, I could function under all of those things. I could put my head down and steamroll okay. ahead. That has been my way for the last fifteen years. Is well, maybe ten. Is just steamroll forward, and eventually. I'll either have a day of collapsing where I have to spend a whole day in bed and like there, this, I will tell you, this is something that has been a regular occurrence in my life. I will, when I have a, a, a time of depression, just catching up with me and I can't fight it anymore. Um, I will go to bed and say, well, either I physically will get a migraine. Um, mm-hmm. But I know it's my body's way of revolting <laughs> because I need, uh-huh. because I, I'm really depressed. Um, or I will, like, my back will go out. Or my back will go out a little bit, but then I'll, I'll be fine after a day, but I'll spend an extra two days in bed because I'm depressed. And I can't, mm-hmm. like, once I'm down, I can't force myself to get back up until I let it run its course. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a very typical way for type A people who deal with depression for it to run its course through their lives. So that's another, just kind of another indicator for those of us who are doers and goers to have that mm-hmm. like realization. And that's not to say that everybody that has that needs to go on meds. It's just a matter of yeah. recognizing Oh, yeah. This is what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So, <sighs> any other questions before we wrap no. up? Okay. So, I just want to say, like, again, this is my process and where I'm at, but. Yeah. And thank I'm- you, Kelly, for allowing us to to be a part of it and, yeah. you know, holding your hand through this and opening up to us and giving us a closer look at depression and anxiety and mental health in moms. And I know that because you were honest today, you're helping other moms. Yeah, I hope so. And that, that, that was our whole purpose for this. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's depression, anxiety, whether it's, you know, yeah. marriages or children or racism or whatever, whatever it is, you know, that was our, that was our plan. And I feel like you, I don't want you to feel like you are dropping the ball for this podcast whatsoever because you're going through this. I think this is just one more step. Yeah. Of fulfilling what, what our, what our goal was, what our plan was, our dream for this. Yeah, it is. And it's, I'm so glad you say that because this morning before we decided for sure to record after you texted me this morning and I, I asked Jim, I was like, honey, I, I want to record. I do, but I don't want to talk about anything like, I'm not sure what to talk about. And he goes, um, I think 
what we've been talking about all weekend is what you need to talk about. You need to share what's going on with you. You need to be honest. And I said, yeah, but we're always talking about the downer shit right now. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, honey, your podcast is called Everything's Not Fine. If people don't expect to hear about the downer shit, then they're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we told everyone from the very beginning, we were going to be honest. Yeah. And that's that we can't be anything other than that right now. Yeah. I think I expected and, it to be like the fun, not honest stuff. Like, yeah. Come. Or come the fun, around. honest. And then there will be like, I, there yes. will be, but like, it just feels like so long of like the really shitty honest stuff. And, but yeah, that's, that's where life is at right now. Like, yeah, it's, it would okay. be on. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be honest to pretend like the last three months haven't gotten us all in a place that we did not expect to be in like good, yeah. bad, or yeah. indifferent. This has been a crazy, crazy time. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and we're not going to pretend. We're just no, not. <laughs> no, we're not. Or be fake. No. Nope. Yeah. So this is where I mean, like we said at the end of the racism episode, like every show isn't going to be about this, but I will check in and next week I'll give an update on how my doctor's appointment went and, you know, just kind of to give a tidbit or share a little bit as the journey goes on of like what the next steps mm -hmm. is next steps are but that's not it's not going to be the focus but we're not going to just have this conversation and then not ever come back to it like we'll update yeah so and i want to thank you nicole for for being encouraging of this conversation for being willing to yeah to ask good questions and just be a part and and to the people who are listening like thank you for being the kind of support that we can have these conversations so, and reach yeah. out if, if you're in a place that, that you're realizing like, wow, this spoke to me in whatever way, like it's not, um, I invite people to reach out for conversation. It's not too much for me to, to have somebody text and be like, Hey, I'm going through the same thing or whatever. So, you know, sometimes when you're going through a hard time, you don't want to hear that your neighbor's having the exact same hard time and. It just adds more bricks to the cart. Like this is the kind of conversation that I feel like we can all have together. That's when mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. lends support in a way of I'm going through the same thing. And yeah, so I'm, I'm open to that. I'm not asking people to like treat me with kid gloves right now. I'm not in that space. Right. Or give you space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, but this was, a better conversation than That's I even anticipated. So yeah, thank you. Hey again, you guys. Uh, thanks for listening to this. And I just wanted to follow up by saying, um, well, I'll tell you a little story. After Nicole and I finished recording yesterday, well, literally as I'm pushing stop on the microphones, I, I said to her, like, I already feel 
lighter. I already feel a little bit of relief and, and just a gratitude to her for um, being the support that she is and the person that's willing to have the conversations with me that she does um, and who we are for each other. Um, there's just a, a huge level of gratitude there. And um, as, so after I finished recording, I, I sent it to Jam really quick so he could listen on his way home uh, just for feedback for, you know, sometimes I, I really need a second set of ears and he's <laughs> brutally honest with me. So um, when he got home, he's like, honey, you already look better. And drew the analogy to um, just the the way I explained the cart of bricks and just said, I feel like as you have talked to me and Nicole and you're going through this process, you're already starting to take some of that load of those bricks on your cart off of your cart. And, and I really, that really resonates with me because I feel it. I feel the difference in me. And, um, it's really hard. It's, it's really hard to be, um, to feel like I am putting some of that weight on him, on supportive friends. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I should be doing that. Um, I feel guilty for it. I feel like, you know, I shouldn't make them carry the weight of this, whatever that is. And, and that's something I'm trying to resolve. Um, you know, uh, that's my husband, you know, or that's, those are, those are people who are able to help me carry this weight right now when I need them. And I would do the same, you know, so I think that's misplaced guilt, but it is, it is what it is. So, but at any rate, um, I do know and see the difference that it makes to just be honest about my feelings and, and where I'm at. And, um, I, I wanted to give some resources to you if this is something that's a struggle for you, um, I mean, a simple Google search will <laughs> will give us the crisis prevention or the suicide prevention information, but sometimes a simple Google search is more than we can handle right now. And so the suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Um, you can also chat via, via chat with that number. And then... Um, there's a crisis text line that is simply texting home to 741741. And um, sometimes talking to the people that we're closest to isn't an option for whatever reason. And so if the people that are close to you or if you don't have um, a person or people that you can depend on, then um, those numbers are good, but also I'm here. And um, I really do mean that. I know I said it in the episode, but I do want to be someone that, that people feel like they can reach out to. And if I 
am not at a place where I can help carry that weight at that moment, then, then I will help you find people who can. And, um, so again, I, I gave out my number on the last episode and I will do it again because I'm not worried about, um, people stealing my number and <laughs> sending me crazy things at this point. Uh, so my number is 253-397-6581. And just lastly, again, I want to thank you for, uh, the people who do tune in week after week and listen to this and reach out to us and send texts and messages and, and our friends who we see in our everyday life that listen to this and provide so much encouragement. Um, it means a lot to both Nicole and I, and especially right now for me, it really, this space, it does give me life. And so thank you for, for being a part of this space and providing that for me. I really do appreciate it. And I genuinely do love all of you. 